Good morning, guys. Good morning. Woo! What a great day. Everything now, we took the last step. We're back on we're back on the computers. You all have your beautiful stickers on except one guy. But anyway, I just li listen up, guys. I just got to tell you something important about these stickers, all right? From now on, when you come in, this saves us from having to write those lists up, sending me text messages. Every week when you come in, just go there, put your phone number in, get your sticker. But let me tell you what happens if you don't get it. We send you to see Coach. Then from Coach, we send you to see Mike Mitchell. And if he still if he still can't get you to get your sticker, watch out because then we're going to send you to the room with Charles Ionazelli. And you know what happens in there? You don't want to get believe me, you don't want to get kissed. I don't know if you ever heard of you guys that still call macaroni pasta and call gravy sauce. You probably don't know what the bacha morte is, but you don't want to find out. So get your sticker. All right. So I'm excited today because we're starting our, not, not excited that we're starting our final series, but believe it or not, the year has passed and we're entering into our final series of the yearly theme, which is how should we then live? And all through this year, okay, we started out by talking about loving God and all the different ways that we're supposed to love God. And each week we talked about loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And we moved on from there to Colossians 3 and putting on how, how to dress for Christ, right? We talked about, we talked about putting on kindness, putting on, putting on meekness and all those attributes that God has, okay? And then we talked, then we went into three different series on Micah 6-8 because we talked about each week, we talked about how to do justly. We talked about how to love mercy and how to walk humbly with thy God. And then this last series, we talked about how to make disciples. Well, now, what it all boils down to, how should we then live? The name of this series that we're starting this week is He Who Abides in Me. Because if you're abiding in Christ, that says it all. Amen? So th the next several weeks, we're going to hear messages from that. And today, I'm honored for the first time at Band of Brothers to present to you Pastor Steve Hoadley, and he's going to talk about connecting to him, connecting to Jesus Christ. So Pastor Steve, would you come forward, please? Thank you, everyone. It's good to be with you and uh, just really is a privilege. So uh, this is my first time out this gathering. So it's great to, great to see you all. I can't tell you enough how many uh, great things I've heard in my time here at Fellowship Alliance Chapel about uh, this ministry, the fruit of this ministry. We we're talking about fruit today, actually, quite a bit. Um, so it is, it is truly a privilege. And hopefully, um, the Lord has given me something to share that will impact your life and uh, will help give direction to your day, your week, your year, and moving forward with him. So I just thought I would share a little bit of an illustration as we got started just for you to get to know me a little bit better and hopefully for you to understand uh, this text that we're looking at today. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a musician and uh, I got my uh, music ed degree from Rowan University, 
right down there in Glassboro, New Jersey. And I serve here as uh, the creative pastor. And one of the cool things that's happening in my life right now is that my son, Benjamin, I have two kids. Uh, my wife, Gwen, is not my kid, uh, but my wife, Gwen. Uh, we have two kids uh, together. And that's Abigail or Abby, who's 20, and Benjamin, who just turned 17. So uh, he got his driver's license in the mail yesterday. So that's, we need some prayer is what we need. We need some prayer, okay? Um, he also, very cool, uh, wants to be a musician. And he's actually a saxophone player. And so we talk a lot about music together. It's one of the joys that I have as being his father is that he really enjoys some of the same passions and gifts that I like. And so we talk about how we make music. And I, I first started actually as a, a piano player, as a pianist. And uh, one of the first things that you learn, do we have any musicians here today? I know we have one. Oh, okay, we have more than one. All right. So one of the first things that you learn in music is a scale, all right? So scales are just groupings of notes. Okay, another thing that we learn in music is a triad. That's when you play three notes at one time, all right? But what you find out when you're learning how to play music is you constantly have to practice your scales. And you would do this for a long time hours and hours and hours and you would say to your teacher i really don't understand why i'm practicing my scales i don't i i need to stop practicing scales it's boring or you practice your triads and you want to say like when am i going to be done practicing the triads when am i going to be done practicing the scales but then as you keep on going you realize that after you learn all those triads and scales, you could play something that sounds pretty cool. So then Ben is growing in his understanding of music and he gets into artists like what I was gonna ask the tech guys to play right now. Because what's interesting, and not quite yet, uh, it's too late, just play it. Thank you, Dave. I don't know if anybody knows this song. I don't know if there's any jazz lovers in here. This is the great John Coltrane, tenor saxophone player. And this is his most famous song, Giant Steps. It's in a style of music called bebop. It kind of weaves back and forth. There's tons of notes that are going on. It's an amazing composition of music. All right, that's good, Dave, thank you. And it may sound like the guy's just kind of playing random notes, right? Like it's just going all over the place. Like I couldn't even understand how that all fits together. It's so beautiful, it's, it's so eccentric, it's so energizing. How, how does that all fit together? Well, the crazy thing about that is that it all fits together because he knows his scales. John knows his scales. He knows his triads. He knows the, the heart beat of the music. And when he stays connected to those scales, 
the fundamentals of what it means to be a musician, then he's able to improvise. Improvisation is one of the beauties of jazz. It, it means that you're gonna create in the moment something that's never been done before. And, and that's what your life is like. Has your life ever happened before? No. Nope. Have you ever been through today? No. And yet, what we're going to look at in this passage from John 15 today teaches us and reminds us of what we need to have a life like that. Because when we stay connected to Christ, we have the ability to make a life of music like that. There is something amazing that happens when Jesus is the center of our hearts, the center of our minds, the center of our decisions. And we allow our union with Christ to guide and direct and shape and mold our song for him. But we can't forget the scales. See, sometimes we think we know the scales. We think we know the basics of our faith, right? Oh, maybe we've been walking with Christ for a long time, so we know kind of the fundamentals. What we need to achieve is, is a higher level of study and application. When really Christ would call us to remember that it really is just nothing if we don't have him. If we miss the main thing, we've missed the whole thing. Jesus wants to be the main thing in our lives. No matter how long we've walked with him, whether it's day one or whether it's day 1,000, Jesus Christ needs to be the main thing. And that's what this passage of scripture is about. So uh, if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn to that. The words are going to be on the screen here. And we're going to be looking at the gospel of John chapter 15. I'm going to read it and then uh, try to unpack the passage for us a little bit and then give some application uh, before we have some time of prayer. All right. John 15 verse 1 begins, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus, we believe that these words that have been spoken are your words. That your words are true. That your words are holy and unique and special. And above all other words. God, we just ask for your help today. We recognize that often it's hard to ask for help. But we need your help, Jesus. We need your help to understand these words you've given us. We need your help to live these lives you've given us. And so may that be done, Lord, for your glory and our good, we all said. Amen. Jesus uses this metaphor of the vine and the vine dresser or the gardener or the farmer. And I don't know if we have farmers here today or people who have been to vineyards. There we go. People who have been to vineyards. They all called you out, bro. They were just like, it's him. No. Um, you know, but there needs to be this connection to the vine and the branches in order to bear fruit. There's this, there's this beautiful interplay that Jesus is lifting up. One of the reasons why he's using it as a metaphor is because it was really well known to the people of Israel. It was, it was a metaphor that was used often to describe the covenant that was supposed to be between Israel and God. And, and Jesus was rewriting that covenant. He was bringing a new covenant, a new testament to his disciples. And I love this section of the gospel because these words that John records probably took place going from the place of the upper room, the Last Supper, and on the journey towards the Mount of Olives on the day before Jesus' death. And so everything that occurs in this section of John, really from chapter 13 through chapter 18, it just, it just has this weight about it. Like, like, you need to remember these things when I'm gone. These things are really important that I'm about to share with you. My, my time here is short. I, I don't want you to forget these things. And so Jesus says, you need to abide with me. You need to stay connected to me. You need to make sure that I'm a part of your thoughts, 
a part of your plans, a part of your emotions, a part of your decisions, a part of your work, a part of your family. You need to remain in me. Don't forget me. Stay connected to me. I found this definition for the word abide. I thought it was helpful. It, it, it says that to abide means to continue in a daily and personal relationship with Jesus. Characterized by trust, prayer, obedience, and joy. The trouble is, sometimes we lose our attention on Jesus. And if you resonate with that today, you are clearly not the only one. Because the Bible itself is full of men who forgot to keep the main thing the main thing. See, the problem is that success in our lives, meaning the more success that we achieve, often the more independent we become. Right? Independence is a word that we really like in America. We just celebrated our Independence Day. Independence is often a word that we really like as men, right? I'm a man now. I get to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. <laughs> if your wife says it's okay, well, there you go. And so often when God brings blessings in our lives, sometimes those blessings are actually the things that move us away from him. Have you ever felt that way, maybe? Like when you're working up the corporate ladder, when you're trying to start a career, and you're working literally as hard as you can to just take that next step in your company or in your place of employment, and you know you gotta be on your knees because you're wondering how this is ever gonna work out. But then you rise to the place that you feel comfortable at. And you're there for a year, five years, 10 years. Do you really need God anymore to do your job? It's a question we can ask ourselves. Have I reached, because of my success, a point of independence where I no longer need to abide in Christ? Now, maybe this isn't you. Praise God. Because the Lord does have ways to keep us humble. And that's the first problem that I want to illustrate here in this passage and why I think Jesus preaches it is that again, the more success that we gain, the more independence we believe that we have. But if we're aiming to follow Christ, all that really is, is pride. Pride, it's a belief that we have the gifts, the tools, the strength, the stamina 
to win. We have what it takes. There are a lot of things that are going to push us to that mentality in our culture. There are a lot of people who might even push that upon you and say, come on, you got what it takes. You're a strong guy. You've been through this before. You got amazing gifts. But Jesus is saying, no, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that doesn't mean like nothing because you're still working whether or not you're close to Christ or not. The truth is that people who don't know Jesus produce a lot. So don't get me wrong when I say this, but hear this, what Jesus is referring to when he says nothing is nothing of eternal value or spiritual fruit. Nothing that lives on past us, me, you. The meaningful things in life. To bear that fruit, we need Christ. The second problem is that I think that the longer that, and I've experienced this in my own life, I'm sorry to admit, the longer I have been a Christian, the more I think it depends on me and not Jesus. The more I think I please God because of the works of my righteousness than the work of Jesus on the cross for me. The more I follow Jesus, the more I think about the fact, the more that I follow God and have been a Christian, the more I recognize, well, I'm into deeper levels of theology and leadership. Or I'm into... You know, I, I'm beyond some more just basic stuff. Jesus says, you're never going to get beyond me. You're never going to be able to produce fruit without me. And so whereas for the person who is not seeking God, they see their independence as really underneath pride, the person who is seeking God but doing without their union with Christ is simply self-righteousness. And I might say that that is the harder nut to crack than the latter. Because sometimes when we're close to church, we're feeling like we're doing good things, but we're not really leaning into Jesus. There's something inside that's dying because Jesus brings life. That's why he says, I'm the true vine. I'm the source of life. I'm the person that you need to stay connected to. I'm the person that you need to lean on. I'm the person that you need to believe in. Not yourself, not the world, not your accomplishments, but me. And so no matter how the outside looks, if that's not there, the inside is withering. And we get to a place where really we just become a dead branch that the vine dresser can just crack off. You see that image in your mind of a branch that no longer has life? 
looks good on the outside like the other branches, but inside there's nothing there to sustain it. And so it needs to be pruned. And I'm not trying to say that God's going to throw you in the fire. But I am trying to say that sometimes the vine dresser, the gardener, prunes us back. Steps us back from that place where we might fall because we haven't put Jesus in the center. See, sometimes I think we, we might just sell ourselves short, man. The vision that we have for our lives, it might be bigger than you think. I truly believe that there is nothing that God calls us to do that we do not need him to complete. And if you're not resting, if I'm not resting and trusting and being obedient to the Lord in what I'm doing, well, there might be a bigger adventure out there for you. There might be a deeper plan that God has for you. Sometimes we can just get comfortable. And so if that resonates with you today, I just encourage you to pray audacious prayers. That God would give you the faith and the lack of fear to dream big for him. To recognize the places where he has put you in the workplace. It says that the world will come to know you as my disciples. How? By the way that you bear fruit. What a perfect place. What a perfect place for you to bear fruit than where you are working. And what do I mean by fruit? Fruit as in the righteousness of God that others see. Fruit as in the fruit of the spirit like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That those that you work with every day would be able to look at this man and say, there's something different about this guy. Or maybe there's relationships in your family that are tough. And you're just not sure that you're going to be able to enter into those things. Because they're going to be too hard and they're going to be too painful and they're not going to listen and I've already tried. But Jesus is going to say to you, no, you, you're going to bear fruit in that relationship. You're going to be my witness in that relationship. Scholar Leon Morris said it really well. He said, always the true disciple is becoming more fully a disciple. Always the true disciple is becoming more fully a disciple. When Jesus saved us, that was just the beginning. That wasn't the end. The end is when we get to see him in glory. Until then, 
He's called us to bear fruit. He's called us to stay connected to him. To remain dependent upon Jesus. How do we do that? Well, his word needs to be in us. His word needs to be in us. In whatever way you can get his word into you, do it. If you need to listen to his word, then listen to it. If you need to read his word, then read it. If you want to get into more Bible study and more discipleship opportunities, then do it. I know you're already doing it because you're here today, right? You've made a commitment to be here at 6.30 in the morning on a Wednesday. Why? Because I'm pretty sure you want to learn and follow Jesus. Pretty sure. And you've decided that doing it in community is the best way to do it. And you're right about that. To know that you have other guys who are pursuing you to not forget the main thing. You can't make the beautiful jazz music without remembering your scales. Right? You can't, you can't forget your first love. Jesus. Jesus. So in that, I have a couple uh, discussion questions that I've lifted up. I think we're going to put on the screen. And um, we're also going to have prayer, from what I understand, around these tables for your lives, right? So that we can support each other as we live for him. I just encourage you to to try as best as you can to just be open with your table, to recognize the fact that we are all following Jesus and not one of us is perfect, but we're following the one who is. And my prayer for all of us today, friends, is that we would remain in him recognizing that apart from him, we can do nothing. Nothing of eternal value in God's kingdom. So let's pray. Jesus, we just take a few moments to say thank you for your word. It guides us. It penetrates us. It, it shows us who we are. We believe that your Holy Spirit connects us to you right now in this place, Jesus. And that you are here and that you are present. And when we, want, we want to be able to remain in you, God. We want to abide in you. Not just at the hard times. Not just when we're unsure of the future. Not just when we've been knocked down. All the time, Lord. We would seek you as our source of life, Jesus. We would seek you as our direction in life, Jesus. You told us to abide in your love. God, you love us. Sometimes as men, we have a hard time understanding what that means. So help us today and always to understand that there is nothing that we can ever do to add to your love for us.
And there is nothing that we can ever do to subtract from your love for us. Your love is constant. Your love is forever. And it's because of your love we want to abide in you. It's because of your love that has called us to yourself that we want to follow and obey and pray and trust and have joy in you. God, you're so encouraging. You're so good to us. If we feel any correction on this road that we're living, let us receive it joyfully, God. Knowing that your mercy, God, triumphs over judgment. And pray that all these things in your name. Amen.